Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Retro Futurist Culture Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about the seminal Japanese anime, Neon Genesis Evangelion. New Century Gospel, a Japanese mecha anime television series produced by Gainax, uh, animated by Tatsunoko, directed by Hideaki Anno. Um, It ran from October 95 to March 96. It's set 15 years after a worldwide cataclysm in a futuristic city of Tokyo 3. The protagonist is Shinji Ikari, a teenage boy who was recruited by his father, Gendo, to the shadowy organization Nerve to pilot to pilot a giant bio-machine mecha named Evangelion into combat against beings known as angels. Uh, it has received critical acclaim, but also garnered some controversy. Particularly controversial is the how the show ended. Uh, it was very confusing, and they had to make a movie to explain it better. We'll get into that. But first, let me introduce you to my guest. Today, I am joined by the legendary... Lord Sith Warrior from <laughs> the Adult Gamer, and our good friend Zelk from the Adult Gamer. Both really awesome guys, both really big fans of the anime. Gentlemen, how are you doing today? I'm doing fine, Hops. Thanks for having me on the show, on the podcast. It's great yeah. to finally be a guest on here. Awesome. And Mr. Zelk, how are you? I, I am doing well as as well. So uh, thank you um, for convincing me to pop on. <laughs> so uh, I don't know about you guys. I remember when this first hit the U.S., I think VHS is how I saw it originally. I didn't buy it. My friend did. Um, and he was super into it from the beginning. Now, I'm going to tell you. When I first saw Evangelion, I didn't really like it that much. Actually, I was put off a little bit by the art style and kind of the theme, the original kind of like almost, um, what do you call it? I don't even know how to explain it. There was just something that I didn't really care for, This the main, especially the main character. He just seemed like whipped (laughs) so i watched it and there were things i liked about it but it wasn't it wasn't a top five or a top 10 anime for me at that time Rewatching it later as i got older i started to appreciate it more and then with this recent um, re-release of the blu-ray because all the rights are now taken care of i can really appreciate what it did for anime and it really it kind of resurrected it created an anime boom in japan where anime was kind of foundering for a little second because there was just too many same sort of things and the one thing the show really did is that he flipped flipped the coin on the on the mecha anime and kind of did something different and which was cool because every everybody else was kind of following what gundam had done for years so it was cool to see a show that really took a different twist on that all right, I'm gonna go to you, Sithy. What is your your uh, so, first yeah. memory or initial thoughts about Evangelion? So I'm a little bit different since I'm a bit younger, so I didn't get to see it when it first originally aired. I saw it about for the first time. I think it was about five years ago. Uh, first, you know, I've heard about some issues that people had with the show. 
like uh, you know the ending. But at first, right. when I originally watched it, I was like, "Oh, this is I." I actually really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed everything, as you said, like the main character uh, Shinji. Oh, yeah, he's a bit like a wimp. Kind of takes anything that people say to him. Doesn't really stand up for himself. Um, but yeah, I loved, I loved the animation. I, I liked it a lot. I also liked the mechs. I also liked the bit of the was like, uh, even though it was supposed to be in the future, it wasn't really that much of the future, or you know. Right. Yeah, it's not too far in the future from our current time period. I mean, in fact, I think probably. Where we're at right now in 2022, the show might have already taken place. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't give us an exact date, but the tech and the show, uh, what they have, I mean, and and with what they have to work with, doesn't seem like it's too far out from where we are at right now. Yeah, and then the only issue I had at that time was the way I was watching it. It was hard to, uh, I was watching a dubbed version. And then towards the ending, there's a lot of text, but all the text is in Japanese. Right. <laughs> so it was like very puzzling, the ending for me, until I recently rewatched it for the Blu-ray release. Yeah, and even on that, I don't know, for you, the text goes by really fast, even though they oh. subtitle it and whatnot, but you can pause it at least and read it. Yeah. <laughs> because I was like, what? Whoa. Yeah, they were just like shooting it at you, man, how fast they yeah. were going. Yeah. All right, Mr. Zelk, tell us how you discovered or how you first uh, came to enjoy Neon Genesis Evangelion. Uh, well, I was one of the, the VHS people. Right. Okay. Um, so you saw it like around the same time I did. So uh, I was in a, a comic store um, and they also they rented videos. And I hadn't watched anything since the 80s, right? I mean, we're talking, you know, back in the day, the Saturday morning stuff. Um, and, and they recommended this. And I think there were like two, the first two VHS were out or something like that. Um, and so <clears throat> I watched it and, and you know, was, was blown away. You know, I, I loved it. Uh, and then, you know would go every month or so to Sunkist or whatever, Suncoast, sorry. And, you know, to get the, the next uh, VHS as it, re as it released, um, you know, so it was, it was, you know, it was just, it, I, I, I really liked it. And, and, and like both of you, you know, I, I, I thought, you know, Shinji was kind of annoying in, you know, his pushoverness and his indecisiveness. Um, but uh, I loved the Evas. I loved the imagery and uh, the music was great. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I just, it was a, it was a blast. And it was kind of, you know, my first foray back into, into animation. Um, and so. It, oh, it, so it, this was like your gateway into sort of like. Yeah. Adult animation. Yeah. So to speak. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I've just been been watching again uh, ever since. So, um, you know, I was thrilled when the, the Blu-rays came out, um, you know, and, and watching that again. And it's just, it's good stuff. 
Yeah, the the recent Blu-ray release, the image quality is amazing. And uh Yes, it is. The movies too that they include at the end, because those were at the time transferred over the the first movie is kind of a clip show, but they redid them in sixteen by nine. And the second movie has new animation, and that new animation was higher quality than what the series was. And it's like, whoa, getting to see that at that level on the Blu-ray is pretty amazing. Yeah. All right, let's let's break into the story. Well, I'll, here it is. Sit that they do give us a year here. Uh 2015, 15 years after a global cataclysm known as the Second Impact, teenager Shinji Ikari is summoned to the future city of Tokyo 3 by his estranged father, Gendo Ikari, director of a special paramilitary force called NERV. Shinji witnesses United Nations forces battling an angel, one of a race of giant monstrous beings whose awakening was foretold by the Dead Sea Scrolls. Because of the angel's near impenetrable force fields, Nerve's giant Evangelion biomachines, synchronized to the nervous system of their pilots and possessing their own force fields, are the only weapons capable of keeping the angels from annihilating humanity. Uh, so, the one of the cool, one of the things I loved um, being, you know, a little bit older, growing up on like kaiju stuff like Godzilla. The one thing that I love about Evangelion right away is it's very much like Ultraman meets Godzilla <laughs> because you have the Evangelions, which kind of remind me of Ultraman a lot. And then they're fighting these weird monsters that are almost like a monster of the movie Godzilla variety. I don't know if you guys like thought that right away when you first saw it. Yeah. It was always interesting because also that every angel that came uh, wasn't exactly the same either. Right. They all had different powers and different shapes. Yeah. And even uh, towards the end, how they kind of, it was quite interesting, the one angel towards the end. Where it was. uh, Right. Or maybe getting too far ahead. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll get to that. All right. Okay. Nerve officer Misato Katsuragi escorts Shinji into the nerve complex beneath the city where his father pressures him into piloting the Evangelion Unit 1 against the Angel. Without training, Shinji is quickly overwhelmed in the battle, causing the Evangelion to go berserk and savagely kill the Angel on its own. And that whole bit's pretty crazy because... I don't know about you guys, but when I first saw the series, I assumed that the Avas were created by mankind. Um, But there's a big clue in that first episode that the Ava has a self-awareness and it's not like AI, right? (laughs) It completely goes nuts. And it has almost like a bio, um, it's almost like a live yeah, 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 and I, I think yeah. I think that as a first introduction to them was just was awesome, you know. Right, uh, you and know, you're just, like, just what? Yeah, because oh. you're like, okay, these these aren't <laughs> these aren't just robots, you know. They're, no, something they're else not. going they're, on. Uh, right, and that that's another cool thing about the show is that it sort of peels the layers back as you watch it, and you're like, what the hell is going on? All right. Following the hospitalization, Shinji moves in with uh, Miss Misato, that's what he calls her, settles into life in Tokyo 3, 
In his second battle, Shinji destroys an angel but runs away afterward. Distraught Misato comforts Shinji and he decides to remain a pilot. I love sort of how they kind of have these little slice of life moments between Shinji and Miss Misato. And then his friends are all jealous because Miss Misato is really hot. <laughs> he's just a good, oh, yeah. and he's nerdy like, kid. What, what's the big like, deal? Right. He's like, I don't get it. They're like, dude. She's hot. He's like, what? He's so clueless about what he's like, just lost in his own sadness or something, you know? Um, the nerve crew and Sinji must then battle and defeat the remaining 14 angels to prevent the third impact. So the second impact almost destroyed all life on earth. And then they build the Avas to try and defeat these angels to prevent the third impact, a global cataclysm that would destroy the world. Ava Unit 00 is repaired shortly afterward. Shinji tries to befriend its pilot, the mysterious and socially isolated teenage girl, Rei Anayami, who is a little bit like Shinji. With Rei's help, Shinji defeats another angel, and that's for a good reason. Um, they are then joined by the pilot of Ava Unit 2. And, you know, everybody loves her, but man, she's annoying. The multi-talented yeah. but insufferable teenager, Asuka Langley Shoru, who's a German-Japanese-American. Together, the three of them managed to defeat several angels. As Shinji adjusts to his new role as a pilot, he gradually becomes more confident and self-assured. Asuka moves in with Shinji, and they begin to develop confusing feelings for one another, kissing at her provocation. That was a quite a strange episode. Um, <laughs> she's she's quite the uh, like trouble stirrer in the show. Um, you know, cause she's got a, she's got a thing for, uh, Misato's sort of secret spy boyfriend. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I, you know how many people I've interacted that say they actually really liked her a lot as a character. And I was like, really? She is so like annoying, annoying, <laughs> aggressive for no reason. Um, you know, Tries to make things out to where uh, she's always number one as well. Yeah. Yeah. It, when I first watched the series, I, I kind of felt the same way. You know, I I was more interested in in Ray. You know, in her story, and and yeah, Oscar was just kind of like, you know, all right, whatever. Uh, but on on the rewatching, it was actually flipped, um, and I think it's just because of the 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 layers you know kind of beneath you know hers or you know her her story and stuff and and you know i found it a little more sympathetic and sad right all right so uh after being absorbed by an angel this is about midway through the series sinji breaks free thanks to Ava 01 acting on its own. He is later forced to fight an infected Ava Unit 3 and watches its pilot, his friend and classmate Toji, become incapacitated and permanently disabled. Asuka loses her self-confidence following a defeat and spirals into depression. This is worsened by her next fight against an angel which attacks her mind and forces her to relive her worst fears and childhood trauma, resulting in a mental breakdown. In the next battle, Ray self-destructs Unit 00 and dies to save Shinji's life. Um, 
that part was pretty crazy. Misato and Shinji visit the hospital where they find Rei alive, but claiming she is the third Rei. And this is where like the layers really so really starts to unravel, and you're like, what is going on? Mm-hmm. Misato forces the scientist Risuku Ritsuku Akage to reveal the dark secrets of Nerve, the Evangelion Bone Guard, and the Dummy Plug system, which operates using clones of Rei, who was herself created with the DNA of Shinji's mother. Major spoilers, people, they're coming. Um, (laughs) If you haven't watched Evangelion, you should probably just stop right now uh, if you don't want to know the story. All right, back to the story. Shinji's mother was Yui Ikari, and she was a scientist researching the Dead Sea Scrolls, the Avas, the Angels, all this stuff. This succession of events leaves Shinji emotionally scarred and alienated from the rest of the characters. Kawaro Nagisa replaces the catatonic Asuka as a pilot of Unit 2. Kawaro, who initially befriends Shinji and gains his trust, is in truth the final foretold angel, Tabris. Kawaro fights Shinji and then realizes that he must die if humanity is to survive and asks Shinji to kill him. Shinji hesitates but eventually kills Kawaru. The event makes Shinji overridden with guilt. Um, And that was a really interesting part because Kawaru kind of befriends Shinji in a way that nobody had. Um, There's different interpretations of that friendship that people like to uh, go into online. (laughs) We'll we'll leave that out of the discussion for other people to explore at their own. Um, But I'm sure there are lots of uh, doujinji comics that (laughs) go into that kind of detail. Um, I can imagine, man. Right? Um, After the final angel is defeated... Seal, the mysterious cabal overseeing the events of the series. Those are like the guys behind the guys behind the guys that you just see those like almost uh, monolith computers talking to each other. Um, They trigger the human instrumentality project, a forced evolution of humanity in which the souls of all mankind emerged for benevolent purposes, believing that if unified, humanity could finally overcome the loneliness and alienation that has eternally plagued mankind. Sinji's soul grapples with the reason for his existence and reaches an epiphany that he needs others to thrive, enabling him to destroy the wall of negative emotions that torment him. That kind of explains his personality and reunite with the others who congratulate him. And that's the the last two episodes. And uh, in the original series, it's a little confusing. You might have to watch it one or two times to kind of understand all of that. Uh, I know the first time I saw it, I was like, what the hell is going on? Uh, let's talk about that before we get into the movies. What did you guys think about the original series ending? Uh, so I'll go ahead here. Um, so the original series, rewatching it, because uh, now this time I was paying more more detail, less, looking at the details, right? So I was able to see more of, like, there's a lot of uh, religious messaging throughout the thing. Even, you know, like, okay, yeah, angels and stuff. But some of them, I believe the angels, when they would do, like, explosions, 
they would go into a form of a cross. Right, right. Yeah, there's a ton of that, sure. And even with uh, when they bring in, I believe it's Unit 3, and Unit 3 came in from America, they bring it like on a giant cross to Japan. You know what, Sith? I didn't even catch that. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I did not catch that. All right. Sithy with the knowledge bombs. Uh, yeah, the, the the ending was just it was just it was bizarre. You know, you had all you know all this buildup and and all these layers, and then you know it was kind of like the it was like the Buffy episode where it was just all in her head. You know, you're just kind of <laughs> like, wait, what? And and so it was just kind of well that, and it kind of abruptly ends. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, doing the 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 rewatch, I found it interesting that the the uh, Kawaru stuff was one episode. You know, his whole his whole thing was was one episode, right? You know, and I, I was watching, I was like, you know, wasn't he? You know, and I kept waiting for him to appear, and you know, I just I thought that was a a, a bigger part of the story, but you know, it was twenty five minutes, <laughs> so. Yeah. You know that was uh, that was kind of surprising how impactful just that little part was, um, you know, on the story. Yeah, in the story, and as we just said earlier, online. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's all. That yeah. takes on a whole nother realm of stuff. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, so with that, um, let's take a quick break. And we're going to take a commercial break and check out one of these other shows. And we'll be right back. You've been listening to another fine, fine podcast on the Rumination Radio Network. This is Game Agent E.T. from Oh God, It Hurts. And we hope you keep on listening to our fine, fine podcast here on RuminationsRadioNetwork.com. Hey, everybody, it's Optimus from the Retro Futures Culture. We're back talking about Neon Genesis Evangelion with my guests, Sith and Zelk. And we're going to get right into the death and rebirth and the end films uh, covering Evangelion. So on the uh, on the new Blu-ray set, we've got both the death and rebirth, which is like a clip show, uh, right? It's got episodes one through 24. Right, but in a clip show format, it's kind of truncated. It actually, I watched it and it was more confusing than trying to just watch the show. It goes by really fast, and you're just like, "Whoa!" Um, may I would suggest watching it, you know, right after you watch the show before you watch the end movie, uh, only because it'll be like a kind of a cool recap. But I think if you were to watch Evangelion, you should definitely watch the series first because the death and rebirth kind of doesn't make a lot of sense because it goes by way too fast. I don't know what, what you guys think about that first of those two movies, the death and rebirth movie, but I found it uh, very kind of choppy and uh, you lose a lot of the story in that summary. Yeah. I, 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 I think, oh, I'm sorry, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, I was just saying, say like, yeah, because I remember I watched the series then I got onto that. I was like, you know what? I find the series was a little bit better. This wasn't as good. I didn't like the editing as much either. The editing right. wasn't really that good. I I, I think it really highlights uh, uh, Sis' comment earlier about all the text 
Um, it's because they're just flashing so much text at you uh, in 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 Death and Rebirth, and it's just it's really. I mean, even even watching it right after you've watched the series, I mean, it's it, <laughs> right. It gets hard to follow, and you're like, I and I just watched this, so I know what's going on, but. Yeah, it was it was kind of it was a weird recap. Yeah, and it's it's trying well trying to anytime a lot of there's not many anime clip films that are done well. The only one I mean the one off the top of my head that is really good and it's it's because they just trimmed all the fat and got to the core of the story is the Gundam 0079 movies 1, 2 and 3. And really, movies one and two are kind of made mostly of clips from the original show. And then movie three, they add a lot of new animation. They did a really good job with those. But yeah, this Evangelion, Death and Rebirth, it's just like the clip show so fast. And there's several anime. Genesis Climber Moss Beta had a clip show movie, and it was like 30 minutes. They took a 24-episode series and put it into a 30-minute OVA with 10 minutes of new footage. So literally 20 minutes of recap and it, it, you can't understand a thing. You're just like, what the heck is going on? But at the time in Japan, um, selling VHS series was very expensive. So to sell a movie compilation, that's two and a half hours, uh, did really well. So that may just be like a cultural thing. Uh, but the second film on the Blu-ray box set, and the one that really matters is the end. And that's where, the uh, animators, the creators of Neon Genesis Evangelion went back due to fan outcry, fan demand. They went back and they redid the ending in a way that's a little bit easier to understand. So we're gonna, I'm going to kind of cover this. And uh, it's really it's kind of cool because it has a lot of new animation and uh, it's a little bit easier to follow. Don't get me wrong. I love the ending of the series. After you watch it a couple times, you understand what Anna was trying to do. Um, with the more metaphoric kind of explanation, but I, I found the end movie um, makes it a little easier to digest. So uh, Shinji, the pilot of Evangelion, uh, one of the giant cyborgs to fight the angels, he's distraught over his friend Kawaru, who had revealed himself as an angel and visits fellow pilot Asuka in the hospital where she lies comatose. Trying to shake her awake, he accidentally reveals her chest. Uh, <laughs> and he sees her naked and he uh, has a little too much fun with himself. <laughs> that was just so uncomfortable. Yeah. Right? When I saw that for the first time, I was like, what is what, what is happening? This is... Right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that, that part's a little weird. Okay. Then the secretive committee SEAL has been planning to initiate the event called the Third Impact, which will wipe out life on Earth and achieve human instrumentality. SEAL discovers that Shinji's father, Gendo, intends to use Nerve um, to create his version of the Third Impact to reunite with his deceased wife, Yui, whose soul resides inside Ava Unit 1. SEAL dispatches the strategic defense force to seize control of nerve killing most of the staff nerve major misoto kasaragi orders asuka to be moved to evangelion unit two and placed at the bottom of a lake and then rescues shinji from the self-defense troops misato who wants shinji to defeat nerve takes him to unit one bay doors but she is shot and wounded in the process before her death she 
implores Sinji to pilot Unit 1. She gives him a kiss, forces him into the elevator. Shinji gets to Unit 1, and it's immobilized in Bakelite, which is like this hard gel-type substance. Um, Gendo retrieves the pilot Ray Ayanami, who carries the soul of the angel Lilith. Gendo has had the angel Adam surgically implanted in his right hand. This is why the the movie makes more sense, because it really goes into this detail. If he merges Adam and Lilith, it will begin the third impact. Attempting to stop him, nerve scientist Risoko Akage sends a computer command to destroy nerve. Casper, a computer core modeled on Ritsuku's mother, overrides her command and Gendo kills her. Inside Unit 2, Asuka overcomes her trauma and reactivates the unit. She destroys the self-defense forces, but SEAL's new mass-produced Evangelion units arrive. Those things look pretty cool. They actually have, like, organic, but slash, like, mecha angel wings. And then they kind of have, like, a weird, creepy face. Like, almost like a... Like a weird dolphin with teeth. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know how to describe the faces those things had. They're kind of creepy. Like not dolphins have teeth, but more like dolphin <laughs> dolphins with like human incisor teeth. They're really trippy looking. <clears throat> um, Asuka defeats those Ava units before Unit Two runs out of power. After which the Ava units reanimate and then they disembowel her, which is pretty gnarly. And Unit Two, Unit One breaks free of the Bakelite and ascends above Nerve Headquarters, above ground. Shinji sees. Seals units carrying the mutilated remains of Unit 2 and suffers a mental breakdown, screaming and horrified revulsion. Uh, Yeah, that part's kind of crazy. And then Ava 1, like, has almost like devil wings. I don't know if that's the imagery you guys Mm -hmm. felt, but instead of, like, an angel wing, it has these big red, like, like, typical image of, of... of uh satan it, it, it reminded me of the um the necromancer wings from diablo 3 randomly there you go the little skeletal wings um, yeah um, yeah so and it wasn't until right now that i realized that uh gendo had um adam in, implanted in his hand yeah, gendo dude's pretty i, I completely oh. missed that um they show up briefly, but in the TV series, because uh, it was like, uh, I think when the second Ray dies, and he's like in this underground bunker that has like this tube, or no, he was looking at the Ava Unit 1, mm-hmm. and he quickly looks at his hands, and it's like uh, really weird. And Right. Uh, uh, see, I didn't catch that. They had it in the show, but then it's like you as a watcher, you don't really know what that means until you yeah. watch this movie. So meanwhile, Ray's body is losing structural integrity. So Gendo can merge Adam with Ray simply by placing his hands on her chest. Ray betrays Gendo by severing his hand, taking Adam for herself and merging with Lilith who they've been keeping underground in Nerve's complex, who changes into a gigantic white version of Ray. The mass-produced units pull Unit 1 into the sky and crucify it, beginning the ritual to start the third impact. 
After several dreamlike contemplations, including fighting with and strangling Asuka, who refuses his pleas for help and understanding, Shinji concludes that he is alone and everyone in the world, including himself, should die. Lilith responds by dissolving human bodies and reforming their souls into a single consciousness. After more contemplations, Shinji is disillusioned by the hollowness of things and rejects this new state, realizing life is about experiencing pain as well as joy. Shinji's rejection causes the destruction of Lilith and humanity is set free. Yui tells Shinji anyone can return if they have the will to and they bid farewell. Shinji rematerializes in an apocalyptic landscape as Lilith's head falls apart. Sometime later, Shinji is asleep on a shoreline and is startled by a second human to return, Asuka. Shinji begins to strangle her, but when she caresses his face, he stops and breaks down. As Shinji cries, Asuka expresses disgust. <laughs> that whole little end bit is like their relationship in a nutshell, but it still was kind of an odd way to end mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. film. Yeah. Um, well, and and... You know, the, the ending really summarizes kind of Shinji throughout the whole series in that, you know, he makes a decision and doesn't like it. And so then he changes his mind, you know, so so even at the end, he's he's still not really, you know, he doesn't have to deal with the consequences of, of his decision um, because he just remakes the world again. And the uh, like, just that ending though, <laughs> it is so weird. When I saw that, where he just just goes up, strangles her, and I was just like, "What?" Yeah, I it. That's one of the things that, um, even though I really kind of I enjoy a lot about this series there are certain things about the series that that they do in it that I just can't like wrap like that ending it's just like why why did why is that there like I get maybe they don't want it to be a happy ending okay I get it but why does it have to be so dark yeah yeah um so yeah the end of Evangelion movie definitely makes it easy to understand what happened compared to the ending of the series. The ending of the series, you know, you hear all the characters talking and Shinji thinking and I think the way the series end is, ends is visually a little more stimulating a little bit, almost like like if you were on a mind-altering substance stimulating <laughs> but the movie version is a little bit easier to digest um, and you were talking about the the themes um Sith earlier about the the visual themes and the the references i mean there's a ton of judaism and Christ, uh, christianity reference kabbalah references there's even like um japanese shinto you know references in the show i mean the book of genesis is is referenced and you know, the whole show has a lot of religious kind of allegories to it. Um, yeah, I really like how he was able to pull all that into the show and slowly make it work with everything that he was doing. 
Yeah. Yeah. All right. Sorry. Go ahead, Zoe. Well, <clears throat> yeah, and it wasn't. It wasn't like he was trying to shove it down your throat either. No. You know, it it was. The uh, you know you, you you caught the symbolism. You know, like like you said with the the cross when they're exploding and and when they're <clears throat> when they're piloting, and then. Uh, you know the names of of you know Lilith and and Adam and and such, but it's just you know it was on on a, a more subtler level. I think you know that they they weren't trying to to shove any type of ideology at you. I, I don't know. Right, and I thought it was a neat way to. Um kind of explain um where these legends have come from these references that that nobody does anybody really know where all these names and stuff come from the bible like it's it's kind of one of those ancient aliens things which is something (laughs) i always find fascinating that's the thing i think i like about the show the most is that aspect of it that um these Adam and Lilith and the angels, they were, you know, creations of this other super intelligent life and they scattered them across the galaxy and then that created mankind. But when we messed with stuff, we created, you know, there was a first impact and then we accidentally created the second impact. And then we were, humanity's always, and this is another thing I like, we're always trying to think we're smarter than we should be or that we should get into so we're always finding ways to kill ourselves <laughs> so so we can create the third impact and i i want to i want to say to me the the metaphor i get is that the third impact is is our precipice for war or creating these weapons of mass destructions that are just going to annihilate everybody on this planet you know or or maybe even a the fact that we just don't care about the planet and we just keep destroying it, even though we know that it's not good what we're doing here. Uh, that's kind of the way I interpreted a lot of the symbolism with uh, the third impact and the human, um, I'm forgetting the name of that. The instrumentality project. Human instrumentality project to me is like, here's how we bring the earth, resurrect the planet by killing, destroying all of us (laughs) and bring it back to, you know. Start from scratch. Start, guys. Reboot. (laughs) Rebooting everything here. Well, that's like an interesting thing you say, because the angels, as far as we know, they all came from space, right? They didn't come from the planet itself. No. So as you're saying that, you know, we don't take good care of the planet and such, you could say like those angels are coming there seeing how we are behaving and trying to uh, like you start the third impact. Yeah, that's just that was just my feelings watching it. And that's what that's kind of what I was feeling. And and like I said, I really like the. um the whole chariot of the gods slash ancient aliens kind of a feel that they had by using those religious references, the Dead Sea Scrolls and the angels and Adam and Lilith. And uh, and basically it's because there were two, because Adam and Lilith's seed were both on earth. That's how humans were made and how we got so smart. That wasn't supposed to happen. 
according to the lore of, of uh, Evangelion. So, uh, cool. Well, you guys got any last thoughts or uh, parts of the show that you really like? Um, during the TV show, uh, when uh, Kuryu, uh, if I, I probably butchered his name, but the, the, last, the last angel, Mm-hmm. When he's breaking into Nerve to uh, basically meet with Adam that they have under the base, he runs into Ray, or I believe it was earlier. He runs into Ray and he goes, "We're the same, you and I." Right. So I guess there was another facility where they were kind of doing the same things that they were doing at Nerve there. Yeah, and that's the one. Um, that's funny you bring that up because that's the one I was going to look up because. None of these summaries kind of cover. Um, there is dun 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 dun. What's his name? I'm spacing his name. Misato's basically her kind of boyfriend. Oh, He's like Kaji? a triple Kaji. He's like a triple undercover agent, man. Yeah, I believe his you name know, is Kaji. Kaji, so he's working for both Nerve and Seal, and almost like his own thing. And uh, I feel like that was uh, that was just a cool way to show like there's you know espionage even in this crazy world. Yeah, he was he's probably my favorite character in the show just because he was he knew that nobody was really good. You know, so he was playing both sides against each other, I think, trying to uncover the mystery of what was going on. Well, just mostly because I think he was just as curious what was actually going on. So he was doing working for both sides to paint the full picture just for himself. Yeah, he he was a cool character. I liked him. Um, I'd say one one of the things I enjoyed was... Uh, you had mentioned earlier, Hop, the kind of the slice of, slice of life that they insert in this, you know, for such right. a for such a heady <laughs> show, um, was the uh, the little DDR. Uh, oh yes, right. That, yes. That, oh, the episode yeah. where Shinji and Asuka, like Christmas Sato's, like you guys have to learn how to work together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they have to sync up, you know, to take on yeah. that angel that that split in two. Yes, um, yeah. But, and then when Shinji does it with Ray, they're like perfect. And yeah, tries yeah. to do it with Asuka, and she's like, ah. Yeah. And Asuka's blaming Shinji, but really, yeah, it's all her. It's her, but, and her ego, right? Because yeah. she has an ego, like a fierce ego that she can't be wrong. And I think that's why I don't like that yeah. character that yeah. much because she always wants to be right. Um, but yeah, yeah that, that was just another example of, you know, just kind of how well, you know, they, they, they merged this stuff. I just, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, no, that, I, that was, that was a great part. And I love, like I said, I love like his friends from school and they always want to come to his, his apartment. Cause they want to see Miss Misato. Yeah. Cause she's like this, yeah. she's stacked. And I, oh, I love that Miss Misato drinks beer oh, all God. the time. Oh, oh even like... for breakfast, she drinks beer. <laughs> yeah. And they would, they would reuse that, that clip. Um, right. Every time she was drinking it. Yeah. That was just, that's good stuff. Yeah. And, and the few times that, 
there's some slice of life with her too and uh Ryoji Kaji, you know, showing their relationship and then you know, we don't um you get a little bit with um the doctor, you know, Gendo Gendo obviously uses people, but he has sort of a relationship going. Well, with him, he had like several relationships. Right. When you watch the whole thing. But all of them were mostly just to get uh, a goal done. Right. That's what I mean. He he uses he uses people. Which was pretty so. dark. Because pretty much as soon as he was done with anyone, he pretty much killed them. <laughs> which was like very dark of him to do. It's like, yep, I used you, and now just toss you like trash. Well, and then I mean, you, have to, you know, did he send Ray to kill uh, Ritsuko's mom? You know, or or you know, did she kind of do that on her own accord? Right. Yeah, when she was little, you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that was definitely a creepy part yeah. for sure. I would I would a hundred percent say he did. <laughs> yeah. Because whenever he was done with somebody, he would want to cut the loose ends, you know, so nobody could follow his tracks. Like everything was self-serve. All his whole motivation, really, I mean, the whole show, his motivation was to try and get his wife back, right? After he lost her, um, and all of the political stuff he does and the manipulation he does is all to get to that point at the end. And then at the end, the thing that he made to help him do that betrays him which is kind of cool right ray betrays him and says no no no, we're not doing that (laughs) (laughs) so it's it's kind of interesting that it happened that way yeah so it's definitely an amazing show in the fact that you really don't know where the plot's gonna go maybe 10 episodes every every few episodes the show kind of changes because at first you're like oh it's a mecha show oh it's a kaiju show oh it's a like um ancient aliens type of where mankind came from show and it keeps flipping and turning on you and and then it becomes a an examination of our own psyche and existentialism and you know self-belief and psychological trauma all of that in the last five episodes you're like what is going on so awesome any last thoughts Sithy? Um, Polly, this is more to do so with the Blu-ray release. Because we all got that. And the issue I have is they did two different sets. There was like the regular one, which I'm sure all of us got. That's what I bought, yeah. Which has the new dub that was featured on Netflix. Which isn't bad. It is good. It's a good dub. But then what I hated was if you wanted the original sub, you had to pay like so much to get the limited edition of that right they did the limited edition which has the old dub the new dub the new subs the old subs right they kind of i think they knew like the hardcore the super hardcore people would probably Uh, they would do that (laughs) because i mean that probably it's probably like two sets because i mean the you know they they packed all the episodes with both the english and japanese vocal tracks and then the subtitles on these on this set with the two movies and then that other set probably has a whole separate set of discs that have the other dub and the other sub on it too yeah 
I was just a bit sour about that. But otherwise, like, it's a really good Blu-ray set. Cool. And you, Zelk, any last words before we fly off into a angelus sky? Here? <laughs> um, no, I just, I just, you know, I <clears throat> appreciate the opportunity to chat about it. And, you know, it was a great reason to, to rewatch it, um, you know, because I do, I do really enjoy it, so. It's definitely one of those shows that the first time it's very um, striking and, uh, and and rewatching it, you pick up little things, different things. So it's kind of cool. I like it's layered and it's it's deep. So, I mean, you can watch it just for the entertainment of the battles. But the last half of the series, it really becomes more about the characters and politically what's going on and mentally what's going on. So I think that's, that's what I enjoy about it now. Um, once, once you get over, even on rewatching it again in the beginning, I was like, Oh, Shinji is such a little wimp. Like I just yeah. want to like slap him. It's like, what's wrong with you? But then you have to remember he's a 14 year, 15 year old kid whose mother died when he was young and whose dad uh, basically abandoned him for yeah. a long time and yeah. never paid attention to him. So you know, can kind of cut him some slack. All right, guys. Well, thank, thank you, Sid. Thank you, Zelk, for coming on so we could talk about Evangelion. We could probably go for a couple hours, but we're just going to stop here. Like I said, we didn't want to break down every single thing. This show is deep and layered. There are tons of videos on YouTube listeners. If you want to get into all the story facets Go on YouTube, do some searches. You'll get these immense breakdowns. I just wanted to give you the cursory airplane view of Evangelion. You should definitely watch it. There's a recent Blu-ray set that's amazing. It's streaming on Netflix. Um, it's definitely a show that you should check out if you're at all interested in uh, anime, if you're interested in ancient alien theory, if you're interested in a show that gets into the psychology of man check out neon genesis evangelion great series thank you zelk thank you sith this is Optimus from the retro futures culture podcast part of the ruminations radio network please check out our other shows at ruminationsradio.com check us out on twitter uh my twitter handle is at futurist retro and check out our other shows. We have Ruminations Red Rum, which is horror. Oh, God, it hurts. It's a gaming podcast. Cinephile Hissy Fits, all about movies. Brevity Box, which is a slice of life. Support Ruminations Radio Network at patreon.com backslash Ruminations Radio. And for any questions, please send us an email at ruminationsradio at gmail.com. This is your host, Optimus. We'll catch you on the flip side. <laughs>